Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, here's your U.S. market update. We've got stocks rising, kicking off the final week of trading for August. And this with Wall Street looking to regain some ground after a month of losses. That's all the Dow Jones Industrial Average gaining over 200 points or 0.6%, closing at 34,560. The S&P 500 was up 0.6% to 4,433. And the Nasdaq Composite advanced 0.8% to finish the session at 13,705. So a bit of a positive start, I guess, uh, coming off the back of a more lackluster session prior in the Monday moves. So let's unpack if Abigail Watt, she is the research economist at Aberdeen. Hi there, thanks for having me. Abigail, great to have you on the show. So let's start things off with a bit of an overview with where you see markets right now. What is the main driver for what seems to be, I guess, a bit of a rebound right now? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think one of the things that we're seeing, we're seeing kind of two dynamics. The first is we're seeing perhaps markets digesting some of the insights from Jackson Hole last week still. Uh, where we saw kind of coordinated messages from the Fed, the ECB and the Bank of England stressing kind of data dependence, the need for further progress on inflation and kind of adding to that mood where we're seeing, you know, this idea that rates may be kept higher for longer. And so I think what we've, we saw kind of towards the end of last week on Friday, we saw kind of yields pushing higher. We did see some retracement in that today, but yields are still well elevated. Mm. And then I think in that backdrop, we did see, you know, stocks coming in a little bit stronger today. But I think one of the things that, that is kind of perhaps keeping stocks back is some of the data that we're expecting to come out this week, um, in particular CPI in the Eurozone. PCE from from the the US on Thursday, and then obviously that all important payrolls um, data on Friday. I think that kind of data dependence of central banks um, has likely you know kept some some enthusiasm out of the markets. I would say. Yeah, some waiting and seeing, and like you pointed out, data dependent. That's been a message for quite some time. So, what is the data looking like these days? Is there any reason to get excited? So I think on the U.S. front, it's um, it's been really interesting because Powell flagged, you know, in his speech on Friday, um, this idea of not getting ahead of themselves with the positive signs that we've seen in the recent inflation data. Um, and really emphasized, you know, the importance of more progress in particular elements of the inflation data. So the non-housing core PCE data in particular is something that, you know, we'll be watching and looking at on Thursday to see if that is showing, I guess, a return of inflation kind of more sustainably back towards target. And I think the other thing that's really interesting in the latest data is maybe this divergence that we're seeing between the strength of the U.S. economy and in, even with some of that inflation pressure coming out of the U.S. economy, we're still seeing kind of consumer data, for example, retail sales surprising quite heftily to the upside. And then you would contrast that with some of the weaker data that we've seen from the Eurozone in particular, the slew of PMIs that we had last week mm. kind of coming out in, in kind of contractionary territory. And I think that's something that um, is a really interesting dynamic at the minute in the data. Yeah, Abigail, this is something you touched on, which is the consumer spending front. What are you seeing on that front? Are you seeing um, what we've been hearing about consumers cutting back and moving their spending patterns? 
So it's really interesting. The retail sales data surprised to the upside, and there were there were within that within those figures, you know, a clear um, there was a clear kind of strength in uh, non-retail store spending. So this was kind of related to Amazon Prime Day. Um, but if you looked at the composition of that spending, it's certainly the case that in in areas of maybe more kind of discretionary spending, so things like spending on furniture, household improvements, those areas were a little bit weaker. But consumers certainly still continue to spend on on kind of non-essential services, so things like spending in restaurants, spending in hotels, those are areas that are continuing to hold up. Um, I do think one of the things that we're looking at uh, going forward is the resumption of student loan repayments. Mm. And that's something that could, you know, prove a possible headwind for consumers. Whilst the actual kind of in numbers terms, in terms of the impact of that on consumer spending is probably not uh, huge. One of the things that, that we're thinking about is the kind of, I guess, psychological impact of having to begin to repay these things and the impact that that might have on consumers choosing to kind of spend a little less on non-essentials. All right. Well, in conversation with Abigail Watt, she is the research economist at Aberdeen. Now, Abigail, still unpacking the US economy, we've been hearing quite a bit about how the labour market is quite resilient. How has it been impacting wages on the front? That's a really good question. It's something that's really important for the that kind of non-core housing PC services inflation. Services inflation is is kind of key and, and front of mind for the Fed. And given the kind of impact of um, wage dynamics on that particular measure of inflation, it's a really important thing for us to be focusing on. And what we have seen is in the in the latest average hourly earnings data that did surprise to the upside in the last payrolls report. So I think on Friday, looking at that average hourly earnings data and some of the signals there will be really important. But the other thing that I would flag is that when we do look at kind of compositional adjusted measures, so those that account for kind of where jobs are being added in the US economy when aggregating up wage growth, um, those kind of measures have actually been softening a little, which is, I guess, a positive sign for some of that non-core services, um, that non-housing, sorry, core services inflation. All right. And looking at another big part of the equation, that's been China. I've got some data coming on this week, but already we've got some downbeat outlooks coming through from the wider community. Economists are now forecasting that GDP will expand 5.1% from last year, that's down from the earlier expectations of 5.2%. Abigail, are you also cutting back your expectations on where China is going this year? Yeah, so I think we, like many, have been been kind of disappointed on the strength of the Chinese economy since the, the kind of reopening rebound. Um, it's certainly somewhere where we have reduced the, our expectations and, and kind of pulled back our growth forecasts. I think we'll be looking to the, the PMIs later this week to kind of get more of a steer as to whether we're seeing perhaps some kind of resurgence in consumer confidence and business confidence. And I think that's absolutely critical to seeing um, some of the broader activity data begin to improve in China. Mm, what's the likelihood we'll see a bazooka of stimulus? So that's not in our base case expectations. I do think the the policymakers in China have been pretty focused on the kind of financial stabilization. Um, and I think that remains kind of one of their key kind of aims. Um, I do think we will see perhaps some further policy loosening, maybe 20 basis points off the seven-day repo um, and maybe 50 basis points off the RRR. But um, we're, we're kind of not expecting a, a kind of bazooka stimulus from the Chinese authorities. Yeah, I've been getting quite a few negative headlines recently around China, especially the property sector. So it's almost like looking down into a hole and you can't figure out where is the bottom. So where do you get that sense? Are we near the bottom yet when it comes to turning around the property sector? 
I think the, the authorities have tried to kind of, you know, sway this balance between um, overstimulating but also kind of putting a, a bottom under the property market. Um, I do think there's perhaps more to do there, um, but our expectations are that you do see kind of a bottoming out in, in that um, in the second half of the year. All right. So brighter days ahead, second half of the year, perhaps we could see a turnaround for a property sector in China. I've been chatting with Abigail Watt. She is the research economist at Aberdeen. Abigail, thank you for the time this morning. Thank you very much. Great having you on and we'll catch up with you again soon. Stay at Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.